Welcome to episode 143 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today, man? Uh, JP, I'm doing I'm doing all right. It's been a, it's a busy week. It's a busy period of the year. Uh, so it, it, I'm ready for some, some football. I'm ready for some football. Yeah, we're, we're almost there. It's, we're recording on Wednesday, so we're, we're almost there. We're, we're only a couple days away from uh, Oklahoma State headed to Morgantown for a battle with West Virginia. Morgantown's it, it's a weird place. Um, it always feels weird to go there to play a football game. Thankfully, it's 11 a.m., so unless they start drinking moonshine at 7, I, I feel pretty good right now. Start at 7. No, 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 you misunderstand. They started at 5 p.m. before <laughs> and have just been drinking all the way up. To like 11 a.m. games, not going to start them, stop them from like 12 hours of moonshine consumption before kickoff. They're just going to have to start it earlier. That is 100% valid. I I did not even consider starting the tailgate the night before. Oklahoma State had like that's on you. The the tailgate scene at Oklahoma State has gotten better. It hasn't gotten to the uh, the like LSU levels of starting on like Thursday night. No. But that's it's it's different, you know. It's, it's different. It's we, a, you LSU ain't drinking moonshine. Like if you're gonna go like eh, that, you can't. You don't get to start three days early. Ah, eh, that's fair. All right. So I was, this was a game that you and I both I think talked about at the beginning of the year. Of this one just felt like a weird one, and one of those games would be like very on brand Oklahoma State to lose uh, when you are the better team heading to Morgantown. I think this happened in 2013, but. Now, as you've seen the way the season has progressed, Oklahoma State's now seven and three, you know, riding a three-game win streak. How are you feeling about this game now? I mean, the whole point of it being a game that OSU shouldn't lose, but feels like a game OSU could lose. I don't think that it's necessarily lost that because I thought this and Texas Tech for the two games that I was going to pick one for OSU to win and one for them to lose, and I picked them to lose Texas Tech, and lo and behold, they did. And this still feels like one of those games where you're like, oh, go on the road, crappy team, drop one. But they just they tend to do it more earlier in the season than later. Right. They're playing really well. The defense has turned a, a legitimate corner. And, you know, we're seeing turnovers forced. We talked about the fact that we've talked about this before. One of the reasons the defense we didn't think was turning forcing turnovers was they were still trying to get used to Jim Knowles' defense. I think Jim Knowles is still trying to get used to def- coaching in the Big 12. I think this team has turned a corner, uh, specifically on the defense, and I think that's why I feel pretty good heading into Morgantown. Morgantown is weird. It's a hard place to win, but this West Virginia team's not very good. Like they're just, they're just not. Like their their leading rusher has 289 yards. Oof. Yeah, I like, think the it's bad. Like the two guys that carry the. the, the, the yeah, the two guys that carry the ball the most, uh, Letty Brown and uh, Kennedy McCoy, averaged three point seven yards in attempt and, and and three yards per per rush. Like it's remember, it's not good. It's crazy to look from year to year, especially with coaching changes and philosophies changing. Remember how Kennedy McCoy torched us last year at times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now he hasn't been the same guy at all. And I think a lot of that just goes back to offensive philosophy. But it's crazy how much a year makes for a guy that. Looked like a, a bona fide stud for them last year. Now he's nothing. It, it's weird. But like you well, mentioned, no, when sorry. you run behind a crappy offensive line, That's also true. And your quarterback was is Austin Kendall. Um, also fair. You, you have a very drastic change at quarterback. Teams can kind of go, all right. Well, we're not going to let you run on us, and we know you can't pass on us. So 
you know, okay, Austin Kendall, you want to beat us, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But I I agree with you in that I still think the this is a very winnable game that might be lost. I think that sentiment is still there. If our defense was playing like they did early in the season and at times last year, I think they've legitimately turned a corner and have turned themselves into a, a solid Big 12 defense. And I, that's why I have to have the caveat of Big 12 in there because you could, you're, you're only going to play so much defense in the Big 12. You can only stop so much, right? But it seems yeah. like they have found a way to get a pass rush and force turnovers that two things we didn't see at the beginning of the year. And they seem to have figured it out. A lot of credit goes to Jim Knowles for finding the personnel and, you know, the scheme that works for the speed and the athleticism that they have everywhere. And I think that, and they, they won, they won this game against Iowa State. You, they essentially won the game against TCU. And then the offense did enough against Kansas. And then the defense just took over again. They gave up a couple of touch, garbage touchdowns. I'm not going to worry about that. Well, that, that was backup defenders in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Like, that, doesn't even, exactly. that doesn't even count. No. no like for, the, the starting defense held them to 133 yards of offense to three quarters. Yeah. And then the backups came in. Exactly. So I feel like the offense can do it. It feels like the game plan we've talked about for the last few weeks. It's The offense is going to do enough. They're going to put up some points. And the defense is going to find a way to force turnovers. They're going to get stops. It just feels like it's going to be that type of game again, especially against a reeling uh, West Virginia team. Now, they had a good win uh, on the road at Kansas State last week, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. going to lead to, you know, this is a trap game for Oklahoma State and West Virginia has momentum coming in. I think Oklahoma State's clearly the better team, and I think they're going to go in and play defensive-minded football and win a ball game. When would I ever say that Oklahoma State was going to play defensive-minded football <laughs> to win a ball game? It feels weird that that is kind of how this season has gone so far. I want to say this about the defense. The defense is playing the best it's played easily since Noel's got here. And I don't, I don't think anyone doesn't see that. Um, I think that you have a lot of you have a young, young defense that's, that's figuring it out why they're able to force turnovers now. But I, I do want to say this similar to the Kansas state game, because we had the Kansas state game and everyone's like, Oh, the defense has figured it out. They're turning this is They're awesome now. And then they stunk the next week. I'm not saying they're going to do that. I just like, Kansas State's offense was garbage against Oklahoma State, and that's why the defense looked good. Kansas's offense played poorly. Now, Oklahoma State's defense made them look bad. Like, give credit to the defense. I'm not trying to down. I'm not trying to say the defense didn't do its job, but let's, let's also take into consideration it, it is Kansas. It's an incredible performance against any Power Five team. But Kansas is starting to look a little bit more like old Kansas because I think Les Miles is taking too much control of the offense back away from Brent Deerman, which doesn't make any sense. West Virginia is not very good. They're not. They can't run the ball. They have some nice wide receivers. They do. Um, George Campbell, uh, he's he's really been coming on lately. It, it's it's hard to see that, like 377 yards and six touchdowns, but I, I think he's a decent weapon. Sam James is pretty good. I My question is, and I mean, we made the joke before we started recording, thank goodness that uh, Sarah, uh, Jarrett Deja, or however you're going to, it looks like Doji or Doji. I'm just going to call him good old QB Doji. I don't care. Um <laughs> Like if he just started this week, <laughs> I'd be nervous. <laughs> but he didn't. Luckily, um, I just I, I think is he better than Austin Kendall? Yes, but the bar that Austin Kendall set was so damn low. Like I would probably be an improvement over Austin Kendall at this point. And I I can't throw a football in a non embarrassing fashion. Like I'll just I'll just be blunt about that. I just. It's Morgantown. Weird things can happen. They're coming off a win. 
I just I don't I don't think this is a blowout. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to go and just run away with this game. I do think it will be lower scoring. I do think it will be fairly close um, th- through most of the game. I think OSU's favored by six and a half at this point. Yeah, I've seen. It. I think I've OSU, seen it anywhere between six and a half and eight is what I've seen. Like I think OSU covers that. I, I, I think they win that. by by ten points. But I mean, I, they they had the they had a great first half against Kansas, and then just kind of kind of tucked it and, and and put the game away in the second half. Didn't really worry about it too much. I still think this is a thirty-five points a game offense in the Big Twelve, even against a West Virginia. Um, I can see West Virginia putting up some points, and and if they're up big, garbage time points. I think it's about a ten-point win. I do. I just Oklahoma State has continued to get better for a couple of reasons. Spencer Sanders has continued to improve. The defense has continued to improve. Obviously, Sean Glee. Easton is continuing to implement more of his game. He's been able to because Spencer Sanders has played better, because they've been a little bit healthier on the offensive line, because they've figured some things out. I just I think this is a team that is playing its best ball at the point of the season you want to be playing your best ball. And when when that's the case for OSU, they don't, don't tend to drop games like this. And I think that's the thing that makes me go. That's why those kinds of games happen earlier in the season is they're still toying and figuring things out and they go on a road and drop a game like Texas Tech. This is the point in the year where I think we know what this team is. They're not going to uh, – Chuba's going to wow you. Stoner's going to make some catches now that'll that'll probably make you go, ooh. And, and we know the QB can throw some balls. We'll talk about QB in a minute that, that are going to make you kind of jaw drop. I just – like I don't know how much to talk about this game because I'm like they're not very West Virginia's not very good. Do I think they'll make some plays? Yeah. Do I? Do I think that? Do I think that the, one of their strengths is is kind of the weakness of the defense, which is there in the middle of the field? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of do. I just I don't I don't this this shouldn't be a game. Like Oklahoma State should win this game. Period. Agreed. Now, yeah, going over the offense, let's talk quarterback here for a second. Spencer Sanders went out with a thumb injury. You know, in the middle of the third quarter, I guess he it hurt in second, which didn't affect him throwing a fifty-one yard bomb to Dylan Stoner there in the you know at the end of the first half. And then mm-hmm. he comes out, Drew Brown comes in, and you know he made the great throw to Dylan Stoner, but then essentially it was just handed off and let's get out of here. Spencer Sanders is reported to be day to day in a game time decision. I don't know how there I have seen that from a couple places, but none none that have given me much validity. However. With a game like this, you're playing West Virginia, you're riding a hot streaker, you're the better team. If Spencer Sanders can go, but there's a possibility he even re-aggravates the injury, I just, I, I'd just i rather start Drew Brown in this game and get Spencer Sanders ready for Bedlam. Yeah, I... I, I, we don't know it. We don't know anything. That's, yeah, exactly. We see a lot of Twitter rumors, and last time we had a lot of you know Twitter rumors was about Tylen Wallace, and they were true. We've seen Twitter rumors before that were false. Um, until Gundy comes out and says what's going on, we we aren't going to know. It wouldn't shock me if Spencer Sanders is the starter on Saturday. It wouldn't shock me at this point if Drew Brown was. I I feel good enough about Drew Brown. No, he's not as athletic as Spencer Sanders, but it's not like he can't run. It's not like they can't use the quarterback run play, which they they will 
because I think West Virginia won't really be expecting it. Do you expect them to, to pull him out and have him run? I want him to go bust one run and be like, yeah. <laughs> we could do that. Like just break off one like 20-yard run and all West Virginia be like, oh, no, to back up. Like I just – who whatever is going to give OSU the best chance to win is what they do, what need to do. Yes. And if that's, if that's playing Drew Brown because Spencer Sanders is – 70%, 80%, then play Drew Brown. Get him out there. Let him go. He's been here this whole time. I don't want to play the like he's been here, he deserves it. Like he's been here. Play him. Like if if there's a chance that Spencer because here's my one concern for Spencer. I know he 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 came off the field, he came back, he threw that touchdown. This is gonna be a wet game, to be a sloppy game. It's probably gonna be a cold game. Do I want a guy with a messed up thumb who has had it turnover issues this season? I know that he's he's Fixed a lot of them and hasn't been hasn't been nearly as bad lately. Um, but as a guy who has had some turnover issues, who's got a bum thumb in a wet and cold game, do I want to trust him out there, or can I put out a healthy Drew Brown and get a, a good enough performance to win the game? Right, and I I would be very interested to see how the game plan changes with Drew Brown in. Because theoretically, if you you know you got a fifth year guy that has you know he's been here for two years, he's you know worked you know he's been getting still reps in practice and stuff. It's not like he hasn't been doing anything since you know Spencer Sanders getting starter. I wonder how this opens up the pass game. Because I mean, fifth year guy probably can sling it a little bit. He's a little more comfortable diagnosing coverages and kind of seeing how things work. I think this that could play the benefit of Oklahoma State, but like I I just looked at the weather and yeah, the weather's gonna be sloppy and you know, it's gonna be rainy uh, on game day there in Morgantown, just like it was a couple years ago when we played there. And that plays to Oklahoma State's advantage too, because they can run the ball and they can run the ball effectively. Um you know, when you have Chuba Hubbard, you, you know, you know he's gonna get his. Drew Brown can be effective enough in the in the run game. Spencer Sanders can be dynamic in the run game. If the elements played it that way, then I think Oklahoma State wins this game running away because, no pun intended, um, West Virginia has had such a hard time running the ball this year that you think you know, that plays to Oklahoma State's advantage. And they've been a more ball control offense this year than we've seen them, them be in the past. And you can play time of possession that way too. So I think there's a lot of factors here that seem to be kind of making me lean even more toward Oklahoma State than I was even when we hit, hit the record button on this one. Yeah, I think I'm talking myself up on OSU a little bit more. I just bad weather means sloppy games. Sloppy games tend to mean a few more turnovers. They also mean some bigger plays because guys fall down, guys can't get the footing they need. You you see some pass plays where a receiver gets past a defender. I just it's it's hard not knowing what the quarterback situation is to really be able to gauge this game properly. Again, I think OSU should win this game. I don't think it should be that big of a problem. I do think it will be a lower scoring game, but I think OSU should win this game by 10 points or more. Like, I don't think that should be a problem. I don't oh, West Virginia can't run the ball. I mean, look, West Virginia is going to probably do what Kansas did, which was load the box to stop Chuba. Kansas completely sold out at the second quarter on to 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 stop Chuba and and they did a decent job of it. They you know he didn't bust out any huge run plays, but I think if West Virginia tries to do that, I I don't think I trust the arm of Drew Brown enough to go. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna find receivers and 
at this point, I have no reason not to trust Dylan Stoner to make plays. Um, I would almost wonder if if Drew Brown comes in, does that mean more receivers are going to have opportunities to catch passes because maybe he processes his reads better than Spencer Sanders does, who likes to go with option one more often than not. Right. Now that was kind of um, the that point. would I be was, big. That was the point I was poorly trying to make, but yes, I think <laughs> no, I th- I think it would open up the pass game a lot more because, and I think actually Jordan McRae is a guy that could really benefit from this. I don't think he's been utilized very well this year. Um, obviously, he's been effective, but I think he's he could be a guy that is a huge beneficiary of having Drew Brown in. Now, am I advocating for Drew Brown to start? No, but if Spencer Sanders is not one hundred percent in this game. And has zero, and he has zero chance of reactivating the injury. Then you play him. But if there's a chance that he can get hurt and he's 100% out for Bedlam, then you don't play him. You play Drew Brown this week. Let him get healthy and let him go against OU next week. Yeah, I, I agree. If 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 you can get if not playing Spencer Sanders means he's ready to go for Bedlam, then don't play Spencer and play Drew Brown and go win the game with Drew Brown because you can. You can a combination of Chuba and yes, LD Brown, who I think has kind of turned a corner recently, and hopefully he can get out there and play. I think them. I think you utilize your other receivers. Utilize Jordan McRae, who I think is talented and underutilized. Um, I don't know what's happened to CJ Moore, but get Braden Johnson out there. But just go put up thirty-one points, and you should beat them. Like that's 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 really that's probably all you need, and even that's probably more. Or then you really, I mean, look at West Virginia. They've scored, they've scored 24 against Kansas State. For that, it was 17, 14, 14, 14, 31 against Texas. And that was when Texas' defense was just so beat up they couldn't stop. I mean, grand, motorized grandmas. Like it was 29 against Kansas, 44 against NC. Like this is not an offense that's going to put up a bunch of points. They play decent defense. They really do. But, this is not an offense that's going to put up a bunch of points. Go put up 31 points on them, and you're going to win this game. And I don't think they should have – just let Shuba run. Get that kid to 200 yards and, and two or three touchdowns in this game. Let him have a big day. Like, figure out how to make it happen, but let him have a big day. Because let's be honest, he needs – I want I want 2,000 yards in, in, in regular season. I don't want it where he hits it in bowl season. I don't want it at 1998. Get that boy to 2,000 yards in the regular season, like in 12 games. He's at 1726. He needs 274 yards. Do you not think he can get that in two games? He should be able to get that in two games. I would love to see him get it in the next game, but I will take a 200-yard, all he needs is a 50 against OU kind of thing. Just get him out there, get the yard. 2,000-yard regular season, is a Heisman and is a New York invite. It damn well better be because it would be for an Alabama running back. So yeah. it would be for Jonathan Taylor. If he was doing it, it better be enough on a power five team. Just get in the ball. Absolutely. So we, we've been talking around it enough. Let's, let's just make some predictions here. What is your score prediction? And what is your uniform this week? Hmm. Score prediction. I mean, I mean, think about last week. OSU didn't score a ton because they basically quit worrying about it in the second half. They put up in Big Twelve play 35-27-34-34-31. I mean, just like if you want to go all the way back, they in Big Twelve they put up 30-26-35-27-34-34-31. I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say 34-21. Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm thinking right now, I don't know why, but I just, like I said, if the weather is bad, that plays to Oklahoma State's favor. And I'm right now, I as we've been talking about it, I I went from, I really don't have a feel of this game to where I think when Oklahoma State wins this game handily. I'm going to go 37-20. to 20. Okay. Yeah, I'll All go. Right. That that's what I'll go with for now. Um, right. And then, what what's your uniform for this week? Hmm, that's a good question. On the road, at this point in the season, obviously white jersey. Eleven a.m. game. I don't know. I I have I have no feel on this game whatsoever. I want to say white white black. With, have we done the badge? How do I want to see the badge? But I would love to see white, white, black badge, chrome face mask. That's what I would like to see on okay. Saturday. I don't know what we're gonna see. That's what I would like to see on Saturday is white, white, black badge, chrome face mask. G- give me black, white, black with Phantom Pete, please. Mm. Yes, mm. that that's a strong road look. <laughs> I I think. Yeah, black. Give me, give me black, white, black, black, white, black with with Phantom Pete. And now, yeah. will, I, they, will they bring? I would back think Phantom since they just did black, gray. They just did black. You know, black. I don't know. Where's Phantom Pete been? Where has he been? Where yeah, is that we, man? We haven't seen him since Texas. We need to see him again. Get that face on some milk cartons, people. Let's figure <laughs> out where he is. All right, so that wraps up our preview of West Virginia. We both have Oklahoma State winning, and so we can we can hope that we're right once again here. Uh, Philip, you were I, since I kind of flew solo on the last podcast. I talked about Charleston and Yale and the wins that Oklahoma State basketball had uh, over them. They're four and zero. They're playing pretty well. They were definitely seeing a lot of promise. What What were some of your thoughts uh, on the games last week against Charleston and Yale? Uh, well, I'll say this: the win over Charleston, I think, is a big win. A couple things: one, winning on the road the way they did, coming back from from that start was impressive. Uh, I talked to Brian Ralph on, on my podcast uh, of busting brackets um, about that game. And he said it was a really good win. It's, it's a nice win for the resume because he thinks Charleston's a tournament team, which I, I, I think I agree with. Um, and you look at that roster, that's the kind of tournament team that you should keep an eye out for as a, one of those 11, six upset kind of teams. Here's my thought through four games. They're four and Charleston wins the most impressive because of what they did and because it was on the road. Outside of that, they played good defense against Yale and 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 pulled out a, a closer than I thought it would be game, though Yale has been a, a pretty solid program the past few years. I just I haven't been blown away by OSU yet. On the flip side of that, I think we've had a different leading scorer in every game. Um, different players have stepped up. You've seen the the talent and athleticism of the Boone Twins and Avery Anderson and what they're bringing off the bench. This is a team that's still getting there. They're not going yet. I thought they would be going by Yale. They, I don't think they are yet, though I will say the defense has been pretty solid. They're about to hit the big stretch. You've got Western Michigan on Friday. That's um, it's not a great team, but it's no slouches. They're they're a solid team so far this year. I think they're undefeated. I think they're four and zero. Check. No, four and one. So, uh, so there you go. I think they'll be five and zero. Oh. And then, I mean, look, we've got Syracuse, Ole Miss, or Penn State. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll go ahead and say, I think, uh, I think the 
Penn State wins that one. So it's you're either going to play Syracuse and Penn State or Syracuse and all, obviously. But uh, win and you're going to play Penn State, lose, you're going to play Ole Miss. Let me just put it that way. Uh, Georgetown, Wichita State at Houston, Minnesota. That is the Houston's not as good this year. Minnesota's, I mean, OU beat them already. Um, they're not great. Wichita State's rebounding. Georgetown's still, I, this is a this is the big stretch for them. And I would like to see a performance against Western Michigan that makes me go, okay, they're ready for this run. Um, because I just I haven't seen one that I've just been like, yeah, you know, I don't expect them to blow a team out by forty, but I just I want to see a win that makes me feel comfortable, and I haven't yet. Yeah, I'll say this: I, I think the end of that Yale game was we can. I think that. And as weird as that ORU game was, and we can look back on those games having to grind out those types of wins early in the season with a young team of why I think this team is going to be pretty good this season. And the Yale game specifically, because of the way Lindy Waters closed that game, it was awesome. He hits those big shots. He needs to be that guy down the stretch. Now, I I mentioned this on the last podcast that I find it interesting that Oklahoma City had a different leading scorer every game, and that could be one of two things. Either... They've been able to actually balance out the scoring and they don't have to rely on one dude or they haven't found their dude yet. And I think Lindy needs to be that guy for this team as a senior to provide a provide that leadership and just be that, hey, give me the ball. Let's go in a game. And he has played good, but not great through the first three games. Like he's done great defensively. We all know that that's going to be the hallmark of what he does, but man, he can shoot the ball well too. He had a rough first half, you know, getting great looks, nothing was falling. And in those final five minutes, man, he locked in and did what he does and knocked down big shots. And if he can do that for this team and be that kind of closer that they need, then I feel pretty good about where this team is at. I think the talent level that the freshmen are showing, learning while playing in some of these close games, I think is going to pay dividends the rest of the year. Uh, with the way Avery Anderson, the Boone Twins, uh, even Chris Harris. I've been really impressed with Chris Harris defensively. And I think it says a lot that his offense has not gotten there whatsoever. But Boyton has put him out there for 10 to 12 minutes a night just to lock people up. Hey, he finally hit a he finally hit a shot. He did, so yeah. So there's, he's now one of nine for the season. Hey, that's something, man. But like I said, the the offense will come for these guys. And I think Avery Anderson's another one. Like that mid-range little jumper he hit against... Um, Against Yale, I think that says a lot about his confidence and his ability to shoot. That dude is athletic as hell. And he and Isaac Likely are just going to bully dudes, bully every dude they're playing defensively. And I think Chris Harris can be that guy off the bench as well. I mean, th- this team defensively, I enjoy watching them play from an athleticism standpoint because they have length and speed everywhere that they, they're able to wreak havoc. I want to see them press more because they have the speed and the length to do it. I think that could be the kind of the hallmark of what this team needs to be. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on Waters. I think he's going to be – I think he is the guy on this team. I think he's your leading scorer. I think he's your leader for this team. I think he's going to be the guy. There's just the way they've talked about him, the way that they present him on social media, the way he's been on the court. Like he's, he, you mentioned before he starts slow, and he did. And I kind of wonder if this Yale game was his coming out game. And I – I think he's going to be the guy. The the thing I think for this team, because here's the here's the nice thing, three of your starters are hitting over fifty percent from the field. There we go. Um, you've got three other guys hitting over forty six percent right now, and that includes both of the Boone twins. 
Domos, what's weird to me at this point is the weak link from a shooting standpoint is definitely the guy that if he can get it turned on, this team will, this team offensively will will get a little bit, ooh, and it's McGriff. Yep. He's shooting 31%. That's because he's shooting too many jumpers, too many threes. If he never shoots another three this season, I will be fine. I'm sorry. Uh, that's mean. I think someone was like, that's that kind of, I was like, no, it's not mean. It's not mean at all. He's one of 12. He's taken 12 threes this season. That's the third most on the team. Yeah, I mean, he, and I will say this. I He did, it seemed like it was a concerted effort from him to get to the bucket and, you know, try and finish at the rim now. He was he, he was going up against a guy that was about similar size. He was getting bodied a little bit and shots weren't falling for anybody. So it's not like it was just him on Sunday. The shots weren't falling around the rim. It was everybody. No, that's fine. I mean, I but mean, no, so I far this season. But when yeah. he goes to the rim, I, even if you're going to get bodied, he's like he doesn't want to get physical right now and i don't understand it yeah and he's settling for mid-range jumpers and he's and he's going for threes and i don't need you to do build out your nba like tape to show how that you're a stretch big just go play your game and this team will be that much better for it like there's no reason he should be shooting 31 percent. yeah not to, none to me like for, for a guy like him it's shoot enough from 15 feet to be effective and go to the rim and get fouled because he's like an eighty percent free throw shooter for his career. Like he, if he can be that guy for this team, like I, t- I, I mentioned on the last podcast, I tweeted about it. Like LeBron Nash, when he decided to make a concerted mm. effort to not be a true outside shooter, shoot like if you have a wide open look, go for it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, shoot or shoot, and the best way to get out of a shooting slump is to keep shooting. But when he stopped being just a you know a, trying to be a stretch four and hit it, when he said, you know what. I'm just going to post up at the free throw line and bully the dude that's guarding me down to the rim and get fouled. Mm-hmm. And he was, remember how awesome he was his senior year? Oh, his senior year was, I felt so bad that that team didn't finish better than it did because you could tell he put that team on his back and wanted it to, wanted to win. He wanted to win with that team so badly. And I, I don't think there's any player that has ever endeared himself to me as more in one season than he did his senior year. Like I, he, oh, just, yeah. I wanted them to win for him that year. But no, your point on him, he, McGriff needs to go look at his tape and go, that's what you need to be doing, man. Yeah. That's what and you I need think to, we you saw, need to do what your strengths are. Yeah. And I think we saw more of that in that Yale game where he was, you know, he took a couple outside shots. And again, I don't mind that because he is good enough from that, in that mid range. And he's been pretty, even there were, there were times last year where he was really good off the dribble, which for a guy his size and for his skill set is impressive. Um, I, I do agree with you on the outside shooting. Like I said, if he's wide, if you're wide open, go for it, but don't, there's no reason to force it. Um, the At only this point, do, the he's only, wide open because he's one of 12. Exactly. And eventually if he knocks down a couple, then that's going to change. It's great. It's fascinating how fast basketball changes, right? If he start, he goes out to the next game and he starts four for four, then he's have a guy in his face just that quickly, you know? So yeah, the only dude legitimately that I'm perfectly fine with Forcing it is dizzy because that's exactly what he is supposed to do on this team is shoot and shoot and shoot mm-hmm. and shoot. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's been pretty good this year too. And it's just yes. fine. Yeah. Now look, McGriff is 13 or 14 from the free throw line. I would rather you just go there. Just go. Yep. Body guys up. Get to the line and shoot. Like if he's averaging – if half his points are coming from the line each game and he's averaging 12 points a game, I'm bravo. Like yeah, exactly. that's the thing with McGriff. And that's what bothers me. It's just like – if he will play his game, 
this team will be that much better. Because if, his, if he plays to his strength, the team is that much better with him on the floor that way. If he's going to sit there and shoot mid-range jumpers and threes, it's it's hurting the team. Uh, I know that's mean, but I, it's it's not like that's not his game. And if he's using his strengths to benefit the team offensively, they're that much because there's no reason he can't go in and find the open man and pass out for the open three. Yeah. Like I would rather he did that than okay, well this guy is bodying me up. I can't get past it. I can't, I'm just gonna settle for this jumper. Like don't do that. That's not. It, part of the problem is McGriff is a senior. We know how talented and strong he is. We know when he's playing well, he is a beast. And it, it bothers me to see a guy who's that talented doing what he can do, not trying to do other things when this is your senior year, man. If you want to, if you want to do something at OSU, this is your last chance. So go do it. Right. No, I'm with you. And I, I think – if the Yale game was any indication of the shift he's going to make offensively, then I think this team is going to be in good shape um, because you have your two outside shooters in Lindy and Dizzy. Lindy kind of can, can do both, and he's I think he's done a good job of not just settling for threes the whole time either. And no. as, as frustrating as it can be sometimes that he doesn't take shots, he's so methodical in the way he goes about it that he's never going to force – he doesn't force many shots. There aren't many times where I go, what was he doing? Because he's waiting for that moment and just that little bit of space, and then he knocks it down. So I think I think we need to, as much as last year, I, I was frustrated with him at times because I wanted him to be that guy that takes, you know, eighteen to twenty shots a game when the team desperately needed it. He took eighteen shots in that game against Yale, and I think he's I think he's starting to kind of embrace that role a little bit more. And if he can do that, then I think I think this team is going to go places. If the three seniors really play to their strengths, then you know Jorane and Isaac likely are going to follow suit. Because I mean, I think Ane has taken an even bigger step forward this year than he did last year, which is insane to think about. He blocked a ball into the next county at the end of the game against Yale, which was so fun to watch. Yeah, like I'm, I I think this team. I'm waiting to be impressed by this team. I've liked this team. I'll be interested to see what they do against Western Michigan. And I think that I think Brooklyn's a big is a big opportunity for them yes. next week. I think it's a huge opportunity, and I and I hope that they're able to to make something of it. Um, other than that, women's soccer second round on Friday. If you want to know why it pisses me off that they're in LA, which is I think is stupid as all get out and go listen to my show. Um, I talked to Travis Clark of Top Drawer Soccer and go on a tangent about its bullshit that Oklahoma State has to play Santa Clara in California. It reminds me of going to go play 11-seed Oregon in California as the sixth seed because that's more bullshit that keeps happening to OSU whenever they face anyone West Coast and they have to go to the West Coast because that's crap when you're a higher-seeded or a seeded team. But uh, they play Friday. Uh, if they get past them, they'll face either A&M, Texas A&M or USC on Sunday. I'll be, I'll be blunt. I think OSU loses. I think they get upset by Santa Clara. And it's hard to call an upset when you're on the road like that. Anyways, um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for me. All right. Well, that's all I got for uh, for this one. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Follow me personally at OKTXARPoke. You can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. We've got quite a bit of OSU talk on this week's episodes. And, of course, we'll pick OSU's game on our Friday episode as well. You can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And we'll be back after the West Virginia game to break down all of you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we will talk to you all then.